to another episode of the Stoke Podcast. We're just chilling here in Fountain Hills, uh, finally taking a little break from the back-to-back racing. Um, the family and I have just recently went to Sea Otter Classic in Monterey, well, you know, taking a flight with the baby all the way to California, unpacking, and then racing probably the hardest race I've ever raced in my whole life. Um, sea Otter was absolutely a jungle. It was a zoo. It was insane. Um, you know, I raced uh, against some of the best in the world and definitely uh, had a piece of humble pie for sure. Um, it was just, I mean, 70 miles with 10,000 feet of climbing. Um, so it was something that, you know, I was kind of new to um, I've raced longer but I don't think I've raced harder than um, in Monterey oh and then we fly back to Arizona and then get ready for the whiskey 50 which was always always the best time um, but it's been a crazy two weeks and uh, we're back with another episode so on this episode today we have Chad Berenston back on the podcast and it was a casual conversation and Chad and I really discussed training um kind of what he's been doing for training uh what I've been doing for training and we kind of break down some heart rate zones power zones um and we kind of describe what an FTP is you know the functional threshold power um and how you can utilize that in your training um to you know maximize intervals or to kind of just see where your fitness is um it's just a good test so we go into that today in in the podcast um and i wish you know i heard a conversation like this three years ago when i started writing because you know i just didn't know really what training would look like on the bike you know i've done crossfit i've worked out in the gym i've ran casually you know so training has been a part of my life so I implemented the hardest training you could possibly do on a bike is go out and crush yourself day in and day out and then get in a three-day deficit feel like shit and then repeat the cycle and so really I wasn't seeing any fitness gains I was just going out there and destroying my body um and just having fun though you know so you got to keep that in mind and Chad and I are not coaches so you know, don't take any of our advice into your training plan or don't think that, you know, what we're saying is the right way. Um, Chad and I race at the highest level in mountain biking and gravel racing. So, you know, we we have a strict plan that is focused towards our training. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to today's podcast. Every training is good training. Anything, you know, to keep you motivated and to um, stay focused on your goals is positive. But... I hope you enjoy the episode with Chad and I. Um, we'll dive in in just a moment, but first, we got to talk about Moxie Life. Now, it's actually getting changed to Moxie Nutrition, but they are one of the team of the Confluence 928 sponsors. And Teresa, she's the founder of Moxie Life, and now she is uh, moving to be the scientific advisor for Moxie Nutrition. So. It's very, very heavily focused on a scientific background. Um, All the ingredients are the best you can get. And I use Phytolite on the bike. Um, So 
Sea Otter, I used three scoops of Phytolite in each bottle. I went through four bottles. So I had, what, 12 scoops of Phytolite. And I also throw Osmocarb in the Phytolite drink. Now, Osmocarb is the best way to carb load. It's the best way to introduce carbohydrates into your drinks. So this way you can maximize burning calories without a bunch of gels and it's great because it's it's not any flavor at all so it actually pairs well with phytolite that is very good uh, but it mixes in very well and it kind of brings a thick texture to to the bottles which is always nice when you're out there it's like drinking a nice coca-cola but not coca-cola um, and we also use Hydra Mag. Um, now this is not used on the bike, at least for my training or racing. I use this on a daily basis to help introduce a bunch of magnesium into my body so that when I do train or race, uh, I won't be using any extra stores of magnesium. So I really helps with cramping, my energy, it helps with sleep. Um, if I had a few beers, man, it rejuvenates me in the next day. So Hydromag is a go-to um, and it is a big part of my everyday routine. And so go check them out at moxielife.com. And at checkout, use all caps STOKE PODCAST to get 15% off of your order. Now go check it out right now. Go get some Phytolite, Osmocarb, and check out all the other great supplements that they have. And uh, give Teresa some love. She's amazing. But let's dive into the episode, guys. Um, like always, if you have recommendations, if you have someone that you know who would be perfect for the Stoke podcast, always reach out. Keep the Stoke alive. Keep Stoke in the fire. And let's get to it. This is Chad Berenstain and I talking about training. Let's go. All right. We got Chad Berenstain once again on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, man. Hey, we're, our hats are backwards. I know, dude. <laughs> it's my style, man. That's my style. Ah, now it's our style i love oh, it right. um i no longer have the mustache unfortunately i was wondering something was changed like maybe you just like de-aged i don't really i don't know or your yeah. dimples are more apparent bro i don't know I like i'm 13 or 14 now <laughs> yeah dude fresh from the womb it is crazy as <laughs> soon as i shaved it i was like oh my god i look like you know, 16, 17 years old again. Yeah, dude, this this little bad boy is coming on like three and a half years. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> my body was just getting disgusting and I wasn't maintaining it. It was going going into my like mouth and Kenzie was like, I think it's time. I'm okay to let go of the mustache. And I was like, sweet. All right, let's do it. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's why I did so good in the whiskey. I didn't have any face drag. Yeah, exactly, man. Probably. Um, for all the <laughs> listeners, we're going into uh, training today. We're going to dive into Chad's training. We'll get into this, some of my training and uh, 
and kind of what's working and what's not working. I think, um, I think you guys as listeners will appreciate it because when I first started, I don't know about you, Chad, but I was super, uh, unknowledgeable about training, like cycling. Oh, so I didn't sure. go to like a, you know, I didn't cycle in college. I kind of picked this up and like dove in and just started racing, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can kind of dive into, uh, a little bit of how I used to train based on the way I thought I should be training versus now and how kind of my perspective and trainings um, changed a lot. I would say when I was first getting into cycling, it was it was more or less kind of looking at the time I had for the day and going, you know, roughly as hard as I could for that one to two hour window every single day. And this was... Um, gym work you know gym work and riding like a gym trainer and then pandemic riding the peloton um and so there was like never any structure involved with any of that um but i mean you could find that if you're limited on um you know just a few hours a week it's kind of what i've i, I mean I, I i read a lot about it you know um with, you know, so few hours in a week, you know, some people it's probably better off just to work hard during that week versus, um, doing kind of what we do now with high volume and a couple efforts throughout, out the week. But I started off just hammering all the time. Um, and then of course our, our trainings changed so much. So now just, you know, before chasing Strava segments into, um, periodization and everything else that happens now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, it was just kind of weird first getting the cycling. It's like your, your wheels are just turning, you know, in your brain on, at least for me, cause I was trying to make such a big change in my life. I wanted to make the change so quick that I was like, gym work, bike work, what kind of supplements are going to get me to the next level? Like what are people, you know, in the riding world cups doing, you know, everything and kind of balling everything together to kind of create what I thought training was, you know, and it was, uh, and then on top of that, trying to balance the finances to be able to do it all, <laughs> you know, it's totally, it's an expensive process. And it's time consuming too. Like when I first started as well, it was kind of the same thing. It was like gym work and go out and smash every day. Um, and also, you know, my job was different. So, you know, I, I was working almost a 40, you know, a 40 hour week trying to fit in, you know, how can I fit in training on top of that? You know, is it before work? Is it after work? Depending on my shift hours, you know, it was like, when can I fit in that hour and a half? And for me, I, I, I mean, I kind of lost motivation, right? Like when you go out and you just keep smashing over and over again, it's like, the bike oh, yeah, it tires like, you out. Yeah, it becomes this tool of um not so much of adventure anymore, but as like a punishment, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely found that when I, you know, was untrained and doing the hammering, working hard in the gym, you know, not really um, you know, knowing the correct exercises or that sort of thing, dude. I I developed like three hernias in the first three months of training hard in the gym. Um, I didn't even realize I had these hernias going on until 
like it was middle of the pandemic when I ended up having to have like emergency emergency surgery to get these things fixed after I raced in true grit with what I thought was just two of them. Um, and then they found a third when they went in to do the repairs, but dude, it was all just, just getting super gritty and not knowing like the extent of how you could potentially be hurting yourself. Yeah. Um, it was just like hard work and kind of being that be the old tough, you know, the old tough, as they say, where it's like, it doesn't matter the pain. You just go for it, you know, and not actually being mentally smart about, um, your training, that sort of thing. Yeah. And at the time, did you have like knowledge of kind of what's right or was it just kind of self-taught and experimental? Um, I mean, it was pretty experimental. Honestly, I was, I was using a lot of like kind of the Peloton workouts. It sounds pretty lame, but, um, it was kind of just like hour long sessions that were you know, now I think about it and they were like hour long sessions and it was just a lot of high intensity intervals. And I thought that's what you needed to do to get this thing up called FTP, which I didn't really understand. And then finding out like how these different zones that you have dictate how you should be training and that sort of thing. It was, it was a lot of just max heart rate, you know, I didn't really understand the zones and how you should be working in, uh, you know, I use a five zone, um, plan, but five zone yeah. incorporate all that. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I'll kind of play this, um, devil's advocate or, uh, I guess kind of come from a point of view of not knowing what's going on. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so that we can have like form this conversation, so that someone who is listening can actually kind of dissect it um, when we right. do talk about FTP or heart rate zones. Um, and someone, you know, probably doesn't know that. So like going forward, let's just start like, what is FTP and how can you utilize that to, to train? Whether you're like, and this is for anyone, if you're listening, if you are just a person who wants to get faster or more fit, there's ways to do that. If you are an expert cyclist in the expert category and you want to take it to the next level in a pro, you know, these are all things that you can really implement into your training. I think that can be beneficial to get you to whatever your set goals are. So yeah, what is FTP? Um, so your FTP is going to be your um, functional threshold power. And this is basically theoretically the your max effort that you can have over the period of one hour. Um, so we kind of dissect that into like your threshold um, zone. So again, it's kind of how hard can you go for an hour and that becomes what your FTP is. And then after you dissect that out is how um, you kind of develop your, your zone one through zone five, or there's a seven zone um program sometimes that involves your zone one being um, your recovery zone zone two being your endurance road zone zone three being your tempo zone four is your threshold this is where the ftp comes into play and then five being your vo2 so that's going to be anything over a hundred percent of what your threshold power is um and again these zones can be both in terms of power and they can also be in terms of heart rate 
Um, so what you find a lot of times when you're first getting into this, that your heart rate zones will not ever match up with your power zones. And this is in the intent of you're using a power meter. Again, you can use heart rate, that sort of thing. But it, I mean, I know nowadays it took me a really, really long time to finally actually understand how fitness works and to understand my body enough to line up basically what my zone one power is and how that matches like my recovery zone for so long. I, you know, I would be noodling around in um, what I thought was a recovery zone, you know, back in the day, which would have been up to a certain percent. What, what is it? 70% of FTP. And, but my heart rate saying I'm at threshold. And so it took over three years to kind of dial this back, basically working on each zone individually to have these nice zones line up so you can really make your fitness gains. I mean, it's, that's the best kind of explanation I can give for it. Again, it's hard to do without, you know, a true graph in front of you. Yeah, no, totally. And like, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm kind of just, I've been using a power meter for like over just over a year. Yeah. Like probably a year and a half. So for me, I'm fairly new with power, right? So I've only been going off of just feel for a long time. I, I had a Fitbit, so I didn't even go off heart rate. So I was really just training probably in zone four or five every single time right. in the heart rate zones, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> when, when you're describing, you know, your heart rate zones don't match your power zones. Um, I totally relate because I could be, you know, let's just say I have a sub threshold interval for five minutes, right. Which is around 314 Watts to 370 Watts. It's like, hold that for five minutes. In the first three minutes, my heart rate won't even be hitting zone four. Probably be in tempo, right? Yeah. yeah. So like my heart rate will be at 140 beats per minute as I'm hitting 314, 320 watts. And then minute three, then my heart rate starts hitting, okay, 150, 155, 160. I mean, now I'm starting to get my heart rate to match my power zone. So I think that's, mm -hmm. um, I think that's what you were explaining is like, you, you just, you're not matching those heart rate zones and the more fit you get your sub threshold Watts, your heart rate might not even get to that. zone. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. The more fit you are like right now, I'm kind of on the cusp of needing a new FTP test because my, basically when I run my threshold slash VO2, I'm having a hard time getting out of tempo. Right. Mm -hmm. So I need to readjust my zones to where I need to increase power, uh, my zone power in order to get my heart rate back to where it should be in terms of like a threshold FTP zone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I need a, but at the same time, those are always daunting. Cause you know, like after you do a new FTP, those next weeks are just so brutal. It's been a while since I've actually done a, a fresh FTP, but yeah, I just remember they're usually pretty brutal for a pretty a couple of weeks, you know. They're brutal. <laughs> get get adjusted slash get more fit to fit your new zones. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny you say that. I haven't even gotten to shifting my whole training plan to a new FTP because Justin Martin is my first coach that yeah. you know I've really ever had. So, and I've never really done structured training before, but before before I got him this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
we were working off my FTP in October before quick and dirty in California, the race over there. So I'm basically going off a very old FTP. So we're into like every, you know, every time we get done with like a sub threshold or VO2, he's like, ah, dude, you need to, we need to put an FTP test in there somewhere because your heart rate's not there. So, um, and that's the, I still agree with like, I know like training, trainer road and, um, you know, some other programs do the AI FTP or whatever. They predict your FTP based on like your current workouts, your, your, you know, what your power, your heart rate looks like with the workouts you've been doing, but dude, there's nothing like actually doing a full 20 minute effort to show, you know, what you actually can do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's totally different. Like I'm sure, you know, AI FTP, FTP, I haven't done it yet, but I'm sure it's going to have me, I don't even know, dude, it might have me high. It might have me lower than what I think, but I think a true effort is from yourself. You know, there's more Mm -hmm. involved in just fitness into an FTP test. I mean, it's a mind game. Yeah. And I was just going to say that these AIs and so forth, they really can't predict how deep you can go. Yeah. And like, so they lack of depth. Yeah. So when you, you know, do a 20 minute FTP test. Oh, and for everyone who's listening, this is how you kind of figure out where your functional threshold power is, is a 20 minute all out effort. You're literally just trying to hold not an all, I mean, it's, it's basically all out <laughs> like when I'm doing yeah, it, I mean, it's, it like, it's all out um, for the most, I mean, I've done it so many different ways before, you know, especially early games where you're just like going as hard as you can right off the get go versus having a nice like exponential curve where you start low and kind of work up to your max or you try to like be level headed and have like a last minute ditch effort as hard as you can or, you know, start as hard as you can go and then like suffer until you have like nothing left. Dude, I've done it like every which way and start low. <laughs> And work up is the best way. <laughs> yeah, that is not start low. I mean, start at your current FTP or whatever your what you think your threshold heart rate would be, and then kind of work up every five minutes. You know that sort of thing. Yep, and, and you'd be really impressed too. Like if you have been training for a long time and you've never done an FTP test, how actually high you know your FTP could be, or how low it could be. It's really a good. Yeah um, a good point of reference to kind of see where your training is. And then everything off that really stems from that FTP, all your intervals or your, you get your zones off that basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what is your FTP? <laughs> I'm just secret. kidding. You don't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I bet you, I bet you it's the same as yours, but I am 10 pounds lighter than you. Mm. Ooh. So then we play the watts per kilogram game. Yep. Okay. I might be 15 pounds lighter than you. I, I, based you, on what I think one of your last, I think you're, you might be like down to 165 now, maybe. Yeah. Probably one down 165. So you're 155 right now? 147. Dang. I like that extra three. Yeah. I'm a little guy now. Still six one. I didn't get shorter. But I'm forty seven. Dang, dude, I can't drop pounds. I don't know what it is. 
dude it's uh yeah you can it's water weight dude you're just you're staying hydrated down in the arizona desert <laughs> well you have to um is that something you implement with your training and racing um so i definitely because i look at um what i have and so given the amount of time a week i can ride um which right now i'm sitting at roughly 14 hours a week i think any more than that and i'm going to be served with um, divorce papers from my wife so i'm trying to stay at like 14 hours a week um but i totally play the game of you know if i can't put in the time then i need to lower my body weight and so i work pretty hard uh, monitoring what i'm what i'm eating um, based on my workouts for the day that sort of thing um, I do do quite a bit of intermittent fasting. I know there's a lot of hearsay with intermittent fasting right now, but I am, I think intermittent fasting works. 100%. So, um, in terms of keeping weight off for sure. Yeah. And if you're doing it correctly, I have not seen a de decrease in like my threshold power. Really? Based on that. Yeah. Cause that's kind of my fear too, is you lose too much weight, then you might be starting to lose power. Um, but I haven't seen that, but I'm not extending my intermittent fasting for longer periods or anything like that. Cause I'm able to maintain 147 pretty, you know, pretty well. I mean, it, it, well. it fluctuates, you know, weight fluctuates like crazy on a weekly basis almost. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I can weigh myself in the morning and, be 10, 10 pounds heavier by the time I go to bed. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. Uh, you know, cause that's not really things I have tinkered with. Um, I think it's, it stems from just kind of body issues in the past. You know, I've, I've kind of tried to stay away from that. Cause I know I just go straight into a, a, a black hole. I mean, I, I get, yeah. when I start, if it's not training, like right now I'm in the black hole of training and trying to get fit. So if I were mm -hmm. to like, all right, let's drop 10 pounds that yeah. it'll be next week and I'll be 160, you yeah. know? So, which is probably not the healthiest way to do it, you know? Yeah. And obviously there's plenty of healthy ways. That's just me coming from a, you know, bodybuilding background where it was like, stay at 8% body fat, you know, you'd be chiseled, have, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it, and it comes, and that's just a poor body, you know, looking in the mirror every single day, not being happy with what you see. Um, a little insecurities for sure. Totally. So now when being cycling, I'm like, okay, eat what you want. Eat health. I mean, we eat so healthy, but we eat a lot because we yeah. burn so much, you know, like yesterday on my ride, I think it was like 2,400 calories and it was a oh, yeah. two hour ride, you know? So it's just like mm -hmm. the amount of riding, you know, I do, it's like, I have to eat a lot and I don't eat meat. So it's like, eat a lot of oh it. yeah you got to eat a lot yeah so, that's uh yeah dude i tried to do the i tried to do the vegan thing when i was having a hard time because i was like at 150 and i was like dude i i just want to see what i can do if i can drop below 150 and i was like i'm gonna do the vegan thing and see if that will make a difference did it for two weeks and i was like this is the hardest thing i've ever done and i was like super cranky super hungry like starving all the time dude like legit 
hungry. You could, I could not like feed myself enough. And I think I did get below like the weight, but I was like, dude, the amount I'm suffering, I don't think this is worth it. It was tough. Yeah, man. It's, there was a lot of research I had to do to like get into that mindset of, of shifting completely away from animal products. Now I eat animal products, cheese, eggs, um, and just no meat and no meats. That's easy. It's just like when you're trying to cut everything out because that that's the hard part, you know, and those are like really good sustainable fats and Mm -hmm. calories that are in cheese and egg, you know? Yeah. I think that was a tough thing with like the vegan part, dude. It was like no animal products. And I was like, dude, it was like, this is rough. And then I was like, slowly, I brought back fish and I was like, oh, so good. I love fish. So I brought back chicken. I was like, oh, dude, (laughs) (laughs) I still, I still don't do red meat and I don't do dairy. Um, those are like easy things though, just because I'm, you know, lactose intolerance, you know, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty, pretty standard to lay off a jug of milk. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. And I think, you know, I might implement, um, and kind of reframing it from losing weight, but just monitor monitoring, I think some things to kind of get down because, you know, when you, we, when you're looking at gear, you're like, Oh, sweet. My bike, man, dude, your bike weighs like 20 pounds. That's crazy. Oh, wow. And you're, you're only taking one CO2 and four gels, you know, and like you, you can get down to that nitty gritty of like weight, but then it's like, wake up in the morning and just drink water and skip breakfast. And that's like oh, four yeah. pounds. No, exactly. You know? Like how yeah, like, the amount of money I've spent on being a weight weenie when it's like, but I spend the money now because it's so hard for me to drop any more weight that I'm like, ah, oh, I'll just pay $200 for a new stem to drop 200 grams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. There is a point and you're like, oh, dude, it's the, it's the little differences in the end that are going to be like six watts. Ah. Yep. I know. Dylan uh, Johnson videos, they get us all. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, uh, it is Watts per kilo that, um, I have a hard time believing in. Hold on. Let me turn this light on. There you, you know. are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, not that I don't believe it, obviously down to science. Yes. If we were on a flat surface and we had the same power output, but you weighed 10 pounds lighter than me. Yeah. On a flat surface, you would, you'd be gone, but then let's weigh into the mental fortitude of how deep you can go. And, or let's, let's play into the account of how well can you handle your bike and then how well can oh, yeah. you be efficient? How well are you fueling and how hydrated you are? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's just so much that goes into it. I haven't really focused on the whole body weight stuff um, yeah. because there are guys that I'm beating that definitely have a higher watt per kilo than me, you know? Yeah. But when we're going up skull Valley, I definitely see every single person who has the same FTP as me, but their watt per kilos is way higher. Yeah. So it is, it is in cer- certain circumstances. You can definitely see it. Like 
these little guys are just blowing me away. And then yeah. we hit flat single track again and the downhills. I mean, I just catch them because I'm just heavy and buoyant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just, I'll just, yeah, no, I trust me. I, I see it. Cause I kind of, so a lot of times with my training now, I always kind of, um, wrap in like a weekend group ride, like a fast group ride, um, typically road, but it's always like, I'm kind of based on my weight, my FTP. I'm, I'm like a GC guy. man. I'm like, I can climb good enough. I have enough weight that I can descend good enough. And then I can dude. I can motor the flats, you know, motor the flats up to 5%. Dude, I'm like a cannon. Yeah, but then as soon as we get a little steeper, you know, homeboy that's five four and weighs like a buck twelve, he's gone up these climbs. Yep, you know, but yeah, it all comes down. I'm just kind of maximizing because I'm like, dude, I'm a decent climber. I'm a great descender. Like, what else can I do to keep me at the pointy end of the spear? And it's just kind of looking at every angle I can take with the limited time I have a week to train, you know? Yep. That's I, at this point, it's really, dude, I mean, like I would have to go all in on, you know, 20 plus hour training weeks. And that's, I mean, that's like how to get to the next level. I just, you just can't do it. <laughs> you, know, you know, other things going on, other stressors, life, family. Yeah. And yeah. you and I are in the same boat now. Yeah. I will yeah. never be able to put 22 hours in unless it's now my career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're making some dough. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're making dough. Um, so, so what, you know, we, we kind of talked about like what you did in the past, right. Kind of not quite knowing what the right ways to train are kind of now you're finding a schedule. You're finding 14 hours a week. Um, and let me, before we get into it, do you have a coach? Yeah. So my coach is Nick Gould, uh, Pure Performance Energies in Colorado Springs. I think he has 20 athletes. Yeah. Dang. But I've been training with him for a year and a half now. Yeah. Okay, cool. So when we're shifting now, um, what what does your training look like with the limited amount of time you have? Um, so we can kind of start at what I looked at, you know, what it looked like at the beginning of this year, which was, um, kind of the, again, the periodization where we have kind of high volume, low intensity. Um, and then we start mustering into some tempo efforts threshold. So from about January to March, it was all high volume low intensity stuff so that range weekly from 10 to 12 hours of zone one zone two work um during the week i usually would do hour to hour hour and a half rides kind of averaging during the week these are all spent on the trainer because it's colorado Mm -hmm. um and then if the weekends happen to be nice enough then i would get out to do longer um three to five hour rides on the weekend um, all just real low intensity stuff to kind of get those, what we talk about, those base miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, we kind of did that. I, I had a race the end of February and I just had base miles going into old man winter and Boulder. Um, but everybody's kind of doing that. All the pros are doing that. So we are all kind of just racing each other's base miles at that point. 
Um, I mean, that was a great race for me. That was one of my best results I've had, which was really cool. Um, and then shortly after that, we started working in a little bit of tempo work, um, once a week, tempo work, um, some strength training, um, two, two times a week, we do about 15 to 30 minute sessions of strength training, um, a little bit of core work. And then now here in April, we're sitting in definitely two hours of intensity a week. Um, pretty high volume on the weekends and um, we have at least one 15 to 30 minute um, strength or core session a week is kind of what I'm working with now so like this week I'm racing rides and vibes this weekend so it's a little bit different with how to do you know openers kind of where to throw in that first um, uh, you know tougher interval session but like this week I did um, Tuesday, I did a bunch of 30 thirties. Um, and these are 30 seconds on 30 seconds off did three sets of these. And this is at like 135% of FTP. So they're pretty VO two E. Um, and that was kind of my first efforts of the week. And then my second is going to be, of course, the 40 mile mountain bike on Saturday. So a lot of my training now is that again, that intensity session during the week, and then I'll have either a race or a group ride on Saturday. That's kind of all out. Um, depending on the time given, I try to spend one to two hours above threshold. And then if it's a four hour group ride, spend the second um, two hours in zone one or sorry, zone two, zone three. So doing okay. just kind of endurance tempo work. Cool. And like, yeah, I mean, it's just tough with all these different events with I'm trying to do gravel and mountain bike. I need like a four, like a awesome four hour tempo, basically um, a really good tempo. And then I need, you know, really good threshold VO2 really for mountain biking. It's, it's a tough yep. balance. And they're so different. Yeah. Yeah. Like mountain biking, it's you're throwing just all you can into your pedals and then yeah. you're off your pedals and staying very contracted in the core. Yeah. Making sure you're really in the zone for the downhill descents, gravel biking. It's like you really focus on power zones, yep. pulling wheels, pulling. Yeah. Really no technicality. Yeah. That's just a lot more too. tactical, but dude, I, I love both, both of them. I mean, they're, they're just so different, but something i love about gravel it's just you know working yep. the magic with all the other boys there and then mountain biking is such an individual effort you can really get in your head pretty bad with a uh, mountain biking oh yeah yeah it's definitely tougher i think i don't mountain i don't biking. care if i'm bound 200 miles and 100 degrees go mountain bike 100 miles in the same conditions by yourself <laughs> you know dude it's rough so rough. I mean, uh, sea otter is probably the most mentally straining race I've ever done. Just, oh, it yeah. just gets so brutal. It's just, you're by yeah. yourself. I saw those pictures. You're pretty smashed at the end there. It looked like yeah, I think everyone was smashed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, dude, 70 miles, almost 10,000 feet of climbing and you're really with no one after the first lap. Like once you get done with that first lap, I think everyone was by themselves. 
besides oh, yeah. the front group. But God, yeah, just mountain biking. It's very lonesome backcountry mm-hmm. riding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so your weeks are pretty structured with how and when your intensities are implemented, right? So right. At the beginning of the week, you're kind of having more of a intense, more intervals kind of, and then. Yeah. You know, so typically like coming into the week, I always have Mondays off. It's kind of my full day off the bike, you know, maybe just do a little bit of stretching or put on the um, compression boots or something like that. Um, Tuesdays are typically zone one, zone one, zone two rides about an hour and a half. And that kind of opens up the legs just enough to do that first intensity session on Wednesday, which can range. It started out early in the year as a little bit mellower. Um, I did like four by eights at, um, threshold, which I mean, don't get me four by eights at thresholds, pretty tough. But now I'm sitting at doing, you know, four by 15s or 30 30s. Um, and then usually the following day, I guess so that would be um, Wednesday, would just be like a, a recovery ride because we're really just trying to build a recovery and get enough recovery so that you're on the path to, um, you know, having a good, another good. In- intensity session really just making sure you're recovered enough for that next session mm-hmm. is really kind of how it goes but you can always dig you go a little too hard on one of the days and you're you dig yourself in a hole and then sometimes it's really difficult to get out of those those yep. holes you know and you can I'm feel sure. it immediately going into it the next intensity session you're like yep i went too hard on my intensity session i had three days ago you know yeah I'm currently, or I in, just didn't, or I went a little too hard in my recovery sessions. Like I should have just chilled in zone two, but I spent like even three minutes outside of my zone two in tempo. And now like my legs are, aren't quite dialed enough for this next se- session where, you know, those gains are really being made. That's what everybody, they always think volume, high intensity, it's the best dude, but it's like recovery so that the next high intensity session, you can give a good effort there and that's where the gains are made it's not made in you know going outside of your zone one zone two and your recovery rides because you feel good i mean they're made in those high intensity sessions yeah but people don't always understand that damn mind blown (laughs) that's true yeah i mean i sometimes forget that you know uh, my coach will put me on an hour and a half endurance and I'm going to punch that climb. totally. I try to, that's why I did. Honestly, I limit myself on Strava anymore. I love to just quickly roll through and give everybody the, the thumbs up. But even if I see somebody's calm in an area where I typically ride, like I won't even go look at it because I know my brain instantly goes to remembering that exact segment. And when I'm there again, four months from now, I will remember that calm that guy took from me or got, and I'm going to go for it. You know, you just got to like, just shut it off, turn off your brain. Don't yep. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah currently deep in a well right now. A little behind. <laughs> Dude. 
Yeah. After whiskey, dude. <laughs> whiskey, and then the week four was sea otter, and traveling. Oh yeah, dude. You're. Yeah, I talked to Justin Martin today at at the shop in Colorado Springs, and he's dude. He's still hurting from sea otter, so yeah. I can't imagine you sea otter and and whiskey whiskey and whiskey was so brutal last year i can only imagine how it was this year so yeah it, it was it was a steamer too it was pretty hot yeah um and the pace was set pretty fast like right from yeah the i heard the the roll up the road was a little bit more mellow this year which sounded cool it was because it was my goal last year to make it to the single track in the front group which i did but that dude, I was pretty blown going over that first climb into that descent. And that's probably why I crashed so terribly, but. Yep. I crashed so terribly last year. Like I PR'd um, all the segments on that last single track coming into Prescott. Mm -hmm. um, last year, I, my speeds, like, like on average for like the 10 minute segments there were on Strava, like the PRs. It's 8.7 miles an hour last year. And this year was 15.2 miles an hour. Wow. So like, <laughs> that's how bad last year I bonked. I couldn't even yeah. keep it above 10 miles an hour. You <laughs> know? Just, so oh, super noodle. Well, that just sounds awful. <laughs> oh, it was, it was awful. This year, you know, I definitely paced myself. I didn't on that road climb. I stayed in the middle, just let it, let all the, let everyone go and, you know, bust their engines and, the first part of single track, I just kept it, kept it cool and let my heart rate get out of whack, drop down into skull. And then I was like, okay, now, now, now hit it. Like yeah. now break your engine. So how, how did it feel to have the separation in days this year since the race was so, on Sunday, right? Was it way better than last year when they were back to back? hundred percent. So yeah. much better. Dude, yeah, so you know, I couldn't sleep last year. You know, you did. Dude, I couldn't sleep after that either. Sleep and that the smoke. Oh man, it was bad. Oh, the smoke last year was horrible. Yeah, but no, man, because you knew coming into the fat tire crit, you're like, oh, this is sweet. I'm gonna go rip it, and then I get all day tomorrow to like chill with my family yeah. and like yeah. put my feet up, and then Sunday hit and completely recovered. Got a great night's sleep. And yeah, dude, yeah, that's awesome. You can mention. Yeah, it looks prepared. like your your results were definitely good. I was like, well done. And yeah, you beat my boy Caleb. Was he out there? <laughs> oh, Reese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, you know, we went into a sprint together. Yeah, he's mad about it. He told me about that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I felt like I was the lead out man for you two. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a descent. <laughs> yeah it was a descent uh on the road so um we were all pulling come on yeah. caleb <laughs> <laughs> he just went out too early on the sprint yeah that's the problem he, you know there's like the descent on the road that comes in yeah and i'm so heavy i like just dropped my dropper post and i mean i was catching more speed so i was passing both caleb and beckett was his name for diamond oh Factory. yeah Beckett. yeah mm -hmm. we were coming in, i just was catching more speed and i just happened to get the inside corner and i didn't pedal but i think they just started pedaling and going for the yeah. sprint but i just had so much momentum i just got onto uh, caleb's wheel and he i almost didn't think i was gonna be able to like match it because he just mm -hmm. put in so many watts 
I was like, oh yeah. my God, he's gone. But I was like, no, you can't. You're almost done. <laughs> and drop, I just clicked it into gear and just put everything I can into that sprint. And I got him by a second. So nice. Yeah. yeah well, he's still butthurt about it. So that's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he kicked my ass last year. So <laughs> he did good last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think, you know, these, these techniques are beneficial um, to everyone who doesn't really have a training plan. You know, it's like finding intensity at the beginning of your week. And that could be just Strava segments, you know, keeping it fun, keeping it spicy. Um, even if it's not for the KOM, just like for your own PR, you know, some head units can give you that, like your old PR is six minutes, you know, and you can actually track on my Wahoo. I can see either how far ahead or behind I am on some segments. So that's some good, good ways you can implement, uh, some, some intervals for sure. For sure. I mean, this is all like good stuff. I mean, it's good for, so I'm speaking coming from a bike racer. I mean, if you're, if you're going out just to have fitness, to go ride with the boys for long sessions on the weekend, I mean, you don't need these in long intensity sessions, maybe just up the volume a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, this is coming from, I'm trying to get as much as I can from the, the time given, um, kind of, you know, um so yeah it's good i mean then we play the nutrition game i mean there's so much involved in racing that yeah you can uh have all the fitness in the world but as soon as you don't dial in your nutrition for the day um it all shits the bed <laughs> basically <Yeah>. so that's <laughs> that's a whole nother i mean we could talk forever on nutrition you know it's yeah it's wild um but what was your last race you just did? Um, so I just did a local race here in Colorado called Fangdango, just a XCO. Um, I needed some USAC points for nationals, so I went out and crushed that last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, how was that? It was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I totally destroyed myself on Saturday. I kind of looked at it more as a training ride. Um a training race, I guess you could call it. So I went out and did my normal group ride on Saturday, added like an extra two hours of climbing to it. And so I did like, I don't know, uh, just a short of 300 TSS in four hours. And then I just showed up to this race. So do my legs, I knew were going to be pretty smoked, but that was kind of the goal to see how well I could do with smoke legs. Mm -hmm. And I did, I felt pretty good like the first we had four laps four six mile laps each lap i think had uh i mean not much climbing maybe 400 feet of climbing a lap it was just real punchy climbs in this this area um but dude i felt great for three laps i sat too too long on the front and by the fourth lap i was i was feeling those that just shy of 300 tss from the day before and started like cramping a little bit it's like shoot dude i only cramp when it's like super hot like what's going on and then i ended up taking second to a new a new kid named griffin hobbin Griff, griffin b hobbin hopping yeah dude he's got a crazy name but That's he's sick. a new uh usa cycling um developmental team kid out of colorado springs so he did he did well dang but 
he knows I would have gotten him if I didn't just destroy myself the day before, but it was all good. <laughs> it was part of the, part of the experience. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and we were talking, you know, in our last podcast that we were having, you know, that you'd feel fitter than ever. Do you think it's due to just, um, your lifestyle? Uh, totally. So it's not only the training, it's, um, just your over, overall wellness. You know, it's mm -hmm. so a lot of this can come down to just like your stressors. You know, I try to, um, you know, be, a, I shouldn't say like carefree, but I try to monitor my stress more than anything. I mean, if you think about it, you can sit in your car and I do it all the time and I'll start overanalyzing a race or an upcoming event. And I can literally feel the stress that I'm thinking about flood into my legs and my legs will start tingling with anxiety, dude. It's like stress is real. Yeah. And so I just try to really, um, get around that. Just have a happy, happy wife, happy life, dude. If you can say that <laughs> family life is good. Works good. You just gotta just stay on top of everything, you know? Yeah. Just de-stress. I mean, if there's something that you're stressing about, it's affecting your fitness or your well-being of what you're trying to do more than anything really. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I do whatever I can to kind of, um, monitor that. And of course, dude, it's just like, it's all the little things that help with that, you know, eating well, you know, getting up in the morning, setting a routine, um, drinking a tall glass of water in the morning, you know, lowering your body temperature, you know, getting grounded by stepping barefoot in your grass in your backyard, dude. It's like, there's so many different things that I kind of kind of do, you know, it's all these little things that I've found that work for me to keep me happy. You yeah. know, I got <clears throat> earth runners. You know what those are? No. It's your shoes that are, that always ground you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. If you're I just going to go out in your niblets and just be barefoot, dude. Yeah. I just walk around all the time grounded. <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, I legit do that. Like, that's a real thing. I, yeah, Lance dude. Armstrong surprisingly told to do that, like, way back in the We Do podcast, like, I don't know, a long time ago. And I started doing it. <laughs> kind of <laughs> silly, but yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's actually, uh, you get onto the earth's frequency, you know, when you're inside and you got the foundation under your house, it kind of disrupts that basically oh, yeah, that current of ele mm -hmm. electricity. Yep. That's a Google moment. Yeah. The, the energy. Yeah, let's see. Hey, if we have just a second, I need to go grab my phone charger. I might have to plug this bad boy in. I'm worried we're going to lose each other. Yeah. Go grab. I'm going to, I'm searching up grounding right okay. now. So what is, what is grounding? We're going to search up. First one is what is grounding and why is it important? What exactly is grounding? Well, here's the answer. Earthing, it's also called, helps football legend Aaron Rodgers sleep soundly. What? Well, let's start with the basics. It's it's in simple terms. You're connecting your body with the Earth's electrical field by contacting directly to the Earth's surface. The idea 
is that our bodies have evolved to function in coordination with the Earth's natural energy field. That's great. Yeah, that, that's just magical. Sorry, my voice might change a little bit because I had to plug in the phone and undo all the cool stuff I had plugged in. That's okay. It's still sound really good. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound, you know, like it's, there's no grounding involved. I can hear that. <laughs> it's a little extra static. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Chakras are out of line, bro. I need the headphones. I need the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I just wish like, that's what it's, it's cool that we're talking about this. Um, Cause I wish I would have listened to something like this, you know, on Payson McKelvin's podcast. So I think a lot of professional pros or athletes don't really share the secrets of training, you know, and like what makes them the way they are mm -hmm. like for you just not to share your FTP, you know, it's like, that's just how we are. It's like, well, no, my competitors are going to know. And then, but it's just, I mean, like, everybody knows what everybody's is. It's just, you know, when you're, when you're around, like we're, we'll be competing at some point together, you know, yeah. <laughs> and same with J Mart down at the shop today. I was just like, we're both like, yeah, at this race, like we're going to be at the front of the pack together, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But who's yeah. Who's, who's going to really take it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, to share this information is cool, you know, and I think someone listening will actually benefit from it and can implement it. And also yeah. take into account that we are racing at the highest level. So we might be a little crazier on it than you should be if you're just wanting to go out and train for a bikepacking race or a local race and you, you got one, one race on the calendar for the year, you know, you can implement some intensities and volumes. You don't have to be riding 14 hours a week and you know making sure that you're grounding in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think it's it's good because you're right like a lot of people don't know like the true insides of like competing at the highest level and it is just so many little things i mean like dude i my routine honestly started it's almost like your life becomes like a little bit of a checklist day to day um at least for me dude it's like the tiniest things like i get up in the morning i i look straight outside dude get some light in the eyes man if it's cloudy turn on some lights get some lights going you'll you'll feel like energy right away just by looking outside seeing some sunlight like there's people that sit in the basements and they're wondering why they're depressed all the time i'm like dude like you got to look outside and, you know, you know, getting that body temperature up with like a, a nice shower in the morning. I know a lot of people are doing these cold plunges like in the morning to get their dopamine up, that sort of thing. I hate cold water. So you are not going to see me doing any cold plunges. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, but dude, yeah, it's just regulating, you know, your alkaline and your blood to try to keep it level with cold water. And dude, there's like so many little things, you know, on my, I don't. I try to meditate, but I think more or less my meditation is involved in like reading a book and 
you know, a lot of the the nonfiction I do read, your brain wanders a little bit, but part of that wandering of your brain, that's meditation, dude. It's like, you just let your brain go. Like so many people are these days are afraid of being bored. You know, they, they need a device, a phone. They need something like they say, like the average person touches their phone, like 2000 times a day, dude because they're scared of being bored. But some of the most creative minds just let their, just be bored. You just sit at work. If you got nothing going on and just see where your, your mind takes you. I mean, you could end up like changing your lifestyle just by being bored and kind of overthinking anything or, you know, coming up with an idea, you know, so many ideas come from boredom. Um, so I do that a lot or, you know, on my commutes, um, I do listen to, a couple of good podcasts, Huberman podcasts, a couple of the big science backed fitness podcasts, that sort of thing. So, I mean, we're, we're always getting in tune with what's, what's new, right? Got to stay on top of the new, new. Totally. And yeah, a lot of it is just managing, like you said, like keeping that blood healthy uh, you know mm-hmm. it's like also going into keeping the nervous system healthy stress interfere interferes with that nervous system and uh also not let training become a stress you know sometimes exactly. like it, it totally is you know like mm-hmm. on the real like sometimes i get stressed out when i have a three hour 30 minute interval session i'm like fuck you know yeah. i really i I'm here with my family and I'm like, God, I really don't want to just like leave my family for three and a half hours and go yeah. by myself and crush yeah. it. So that's why, I mean, I've, I've, I know a lot of people say this as well. Um, like trying to, if you can get workouts done in the morning, it is such a huge stress relief because you don't sit around all day saying like, Oh, when am I going to get this ride in? You know, so many other life instances happen in the afternoons like all of a sudden dude your kid shits his pants and you don't have like a a four changes of clothes and you're in the back of a car in costco parking lot and you're like fuck you know like so getting like this shit done early in the morning you're relieved of all your afternoon to just do life yeah you know but it's hard dude i can't i can't get up that early so yeah, that's why I have just establish a routine with the wife. Like, dude, when I get off work, my second job starts, AKA training. And I get like my hour, hour and a half. And I try to balance that by sneaking out of work early, getting the work down. So I can at least see Tivoli, you know, my daughter for three hours before she has to go to bed, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. doesn't always happen to something. I mean, a lot of times, I only get to see her for an hour to 30 minutes. And then, you know, I see her in the morning when I wake her up, but it's a a balance, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. When you do push that off though, in the morning, like not training in the morning, dude, cause uh, Kenzie and I were both like, we're like, why are we like this? Cause she's worse than I am. And she's like, if she doesn't train it's you know, happy wife, happy life. She needs to get out, <laughs> run, you know. So, uh, you know, we got we have to manage two of those training schedules in the household, which is like totally doable, you know, just with our lifestyle and like 
my job and her job kind of allows for that. But yeah, today, dude, I didn't even train. I had to text my coach to be like, Hey, I'm in a hole. I'm done. My body's beat. My nervous system's drained. And it was just yeah. an hour and a half. I had to say no to, and yeah. do you know why? Cause it was windy, dude. I'm becoming <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> it's windy out. I, I was like, dude, no. I'll be fit if I do not ride today. So we, we had a family day, you know, we went and just enjoyed each other, which it's important to do that. You know, I think. Oh yeah. Dude, you, you benefited way more from doing that than that hour and a half would have done for you for sure. Yeah. You know, everybody worries about this damn TSS number, you know, falling like as if it's their actual fitness. No, dude. It's like, just give that a break. Do the, just get some good rest recovery did sleep i mean yeah how many times how many times do you hear sleep dude it's the it's the truth man if you can get eight hours of sleep dude you are gonna be next level yeah <laughs> you know i can only get like seven you know i'm like seven seven and a half but i feel great dude it's yeah way better than what i when i you know, wasn't as fit as I would say, dude, I was like six hours, you know, last five and a half, less yeah. happy, depressed, anxious. But now do you get a solid seven, seven, seven and a half, like solid, bro. I don't move. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I'm so much happier, dude, for sure. Yeah. That really and then, just... and then, then your workouts don't become a burden, dude. I mean, it's everything you, you know, revolves around how you're feeling. And if you're not getting adequate sleep, then you're not going to be happy, you know, the revolving door of so many different things. Yeah. And it also goes into, if you do have that training session that is going to boost fitness and you're not there, Oh yeah. you know, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You're only going to dig yourself deeper. Even if you're physically like my, my whoop score was 83% this morning. But my quit score was 20. <laughs> I listen to the score, you know, it's just like listening to the internal cues and when, when, you know, it's ready to go. And when, you know, it needs some rest, it's super important to listen to that or else you will dig a hole. Like I just had two fucking crazy races and I'm yeah, not there. Yeah. You don't want to, I mean, these holes can be dangerous too, because the, the holes can, um, kind of feel like overtrained you're not motivated you're um dude they're just they're kind of a tough place you know it's hard yeah. to get back on the bike when you're in some of these holes yeah and they can last for a long time yeah that's why but i always say like sometimes after a bad result i'll kind of get in a hole like that but if i just keep moving and just look forward, just get the next thing on the calendar and just keep moving forward. It helps. Yeah. Just know there's always, there's always another race soon. Yeah, there you is. Know. And no one ever goes tired, but no one ever remembers either. Right. No. Yeah. Like you got to remember that. Like no one's ever going to look at your result and just be like three years down the line. Be like, man, he sucks. <laughs> whiskey 2022 yeah. i just think i think it's so funny dude like going to rides and vibes this weekend i mean it's gonna be i'm in like a 
I'm competing for like a top 20, right? It's going to be a pretty tough field. Um, but I'm like, so I'm not like even stressed at all, dude. I'm looking forward to this crit tomorrow night. I have to do a fat tire crit yep. tomorrow night. Um, and dude, I'm just looking to hang on with the, the boys and hopefully I can be at the front of that crit. I've been doing a lot of, you know, fast road work. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, dude, I'm like no stress going into these more, you know, regional events. Dude, I get super stressed about my local races though. Like the one this last weekend, it's crazy when you're like the local favorite. Oh my gosh, dude. It's so stressful. It's... And like, everyone's like, dude, you should win. This is your backyard. I'm like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, don't put that pressure on me for the same time. Like, ah, I kind of like the pressure. But, I know. Dude, more it's weird. Know you. you know, it's yeah. like you're in, you're in your pond. Yeah. Yeah. Totally relate. Yeah. But well, dude, I, I mean, what else? I think that's, we covered it. Yeah, we covered it. I mean, we could always go deep into the nutrition, the, that sort of thing. I mean, I, um, I mean, we both were on the flow formulas for a while, so that's exactly what I use for um, hydration, endurance drinks, and all my recoveries all flow. So I'm still hanging out with Caleb and the the Reeses and doing the flow formula. I love that stuff. It's, dude, it's worked wonders. I'm still working on. Um, so a big thing now everybody's talking about is kind of seeing how many grams of carbs you can do an hour, right? That's yep. like a new new topic. The more, the better you are. I don't even know how what they're thinking is, but uh, I've kind of been playing around with it on my, my longer rides to kind of see at what point does the flow start irritating my stomach, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. And I haven't found it yet, so we're going to keep. Mm. But I'm not like going – crazy i think my last session i did like three hours and each hour i did like 110 grams of carbs an hour that sort of thing but the flow is nice and mellow on the stomach man all liquid all, that's all liquid yeah yep. so you didn't you didn't do any gels that's 110 grams of, of 110 100 little maybe closer to 120 so it was like four four scoops a bottle um, yeah four scoops of bottle oh, thick yeah yeah so, that's good but we'll see dude that can i can always train i always feel pretty good for like four under four hours i can pretty much do anything and i feel pretty good yeah that five hour that five hour mark is when my body decides if it hates itself or if it's gonna be okay if which most time hates itself so yeah it's, it's mostly like fuck this what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're done with the liquid calories man i don't think i've ever been at five hours and been like man i am so glad i'm doing this <laughs> dude wow i mean i got a lot of gravel races coming up so i'm hoping to find that balance to where that i can do like six hours and be like dude this is i'm all right you know yeah and not just like straight bonked suffer whatever you want to call it dude just Suffer Newland, fast. hate, like <laughs> darkness, whatever you want. It's a six hour mark. Yeah, call it the finding the wounded child. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. But yeah, no. I've been doing a Moxie Life. Have you ever heard okay. of it? Yeah. Um, I yeah. Heard of it. I use like their, their 
two products. So she's really, really keen on like not doing all in one. So mm -hmm. Phytolite is one of them and it's just an electrolyte. And then she has something called Osmo Carb, which is basically a tasteless carbohydrate powder that you throw yeah. into your drink. So you can really monitor your carbohydrate. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, one scoop of Phytolite, it's like good two to three scoops is like, you know, sugary and salty and you can really taste it. And then mm -hmm. from there, if I got races, dude, I'll just pour a bunch of Osmo carb, like two scoops and, and it gets thick, like, um, you know, like flow formulas did. And yeah. what's great is there's, it's not really a, it's not acidic at all. So you do, it doesn't upset mm -hmm. my stomach and, um, and it's got phytonutrients in it too. So okay. like spirulina, croella, it's got like, Oh, nice. Good stuff for your cells, you know, cause, yeah. <clears throat> and I love it. I mean, I've, I've absolutely, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the spirulina and what lion's mane, some of those other mushrooms are really easy on the gut or they're, they're settling gut settlers. And they're yeah. really good for endurance and blood. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, and also it's another sponsor. This isn't like an advertisement, but have you heard of, uh, uh, beta red from, oh, yeah. Dude. From Enduro, uh, whatever it's called. Enduro, Enduro Bites. Enduro Bites, yeah. By far the worst tasting pre-workout, but the best pre-workout I've ever had. Yeah. I mean, it's a not bad. On my you... team used to use that a ton. Enduro oh. Bites, dude, no offense, but the Enduro Bites themselves, dude, they taste terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they need to work on their brownie game, dude. They, <laughs> uh, yeah. There was... um. Uh, but that beta red is fire. I would agree. The beta red, I will say, yeah, it's just. It's probably one of the top. Yeah. There's dudes that still use that on my team. For dude, sure. I perform so good. When yeah. I, Telluride was the last race. I used beta red and whiskey. I somehow forgot it. <laughs> the last races <laughs> in between them. But uh, yeah, dude, just. I mean, it makes your muscles just fire yeah. over and over again. So not that like you don't need pre-workout. It's not really a pre-workout. You know, it's not like a C4. It's like a natural, you know it. It's for yeah, everyone. I mean, it's like beets. Beets, yeah. Yeah, nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just it's feel fire. your blood just tingle. Yeah, those vasodilators, man. Yeah. I like those blood vessels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I use similar stuff. I'll use like actually noon prime. I used to do a lot with like noon stuff and they actually are, they were purchased by Nestle. So they got rid of like all their good products, which was like their pre-workout, this noon yeah. prime, but I stocked up on it and dude, it's like the best like pre-workout stuff. It's got all like the vasodilator stuff, the L-carnitines, all the the jazz in it but you can get a caffeinated and uncaffeinated versions depending on if you're running caffeine or not in your endurance drinks so that's kind of helpful so you can monitor or not overloading with caffeine you know because that can really upset your stomach or you know uh, it's not great for i guess there's new studies coming out that too much caffeine is actually a hindrance on hydration it's a you can actually get pretty dehydrated if you're over caffeinated. Oh, probably just because your muscles are twinging and you're just like jazzed to the max. So you're sweating more, I guess. I don't really know. Me every morning after I finish my last cup of coffee. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's smart though. Like having a pre-workout that's like, hey, check your endurance drinks. Do they have caffeine or not? And you can super, yeah, monitor I mean how much you're taking in because I've been there where you're too caffeinated on a ride and all you want is like just to pound water. You know, you're kind of like yeah. not, not in it and you're just really thirsty. It's yeah. not a good place. Um, and I kind of stay away from chewing foods too. Um, during races, training, it's okay. But yeah, I just found that just uh, the never second and uh, SOS energy. I get them from the feed. Yeah. The sub, yeah, SOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're the shit. I mean, because goo, it just it tastes so bad. And yeah. No matter what flavor you get, I just can't do goos. I know yeah. they're like the OG of like they basically invented like the little Gels. quick energy. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. no, I I love the the longer, more liquidy form of, of yeah energy. that's what since flow um hasn't introduced a a gel yet yeah um not saying anything <laughs> but um so i use the science and sport gels the hydro gels okay. so i always like carry some of those in my pocket um for training rides and for racing because dude you never know man if it's rough enough and you can't get your bottle dude you better hope you have like a gel that kind of combat not being able to drink out of your bottle you know yeah that sort of thing but i lately i've tried to like really kind of train with what i raced with just to kind of gut train myself um because i found i used to do a lot of like um you know intensity sessions or any of my longer volume rides i would just be like oh i'm just gonna eat like real food but i'm like dude i never raced with real food so I yeah. just want my gut just always primed to being able to take in just liquid calories and supplement yeah. with hydrogels. Cause it, it took me a really long time to get like my gut on track. I mean, I dealt with tons of stomach issues early on, like in my three years ago when I was kind of doing the Peloton thing and trying to see what worked with, you know, um, carbs and that sort of thing. And, I mean, I was probably just overdoing it at the time, not really understanding how the limitations of how much your body can take in per hour. I was probably just overdoing it, but I just made that more or less like my stomach can't handle this product, you know? So I tried tons of different product, but then flow formulas, I've always just been, I I might've been able to overdo it with it. And now, but my stomach has always been settled. So I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Yeah. Once and that's exactly how you find it is experimenting, you know, like mm-hmm. trying different stuff and for a long time, cause you will adjust, but the problem could be is like, you just can't stick to one thing. And that's always been my thing too. Is like, there have been some drinks that just do not sit and I just cannot, yeah. cannot drink it for three hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, Moxie life has been kind of that go-to. And yeah. I love the accessibility of like being able to monitor the carbohydrates depending yeah. on the training ride. If I got mm-hmm. an hour, just do a little bit of Osmo carb. If I got two, three hours, dump a whole bunch of it in there, you know? And, yeah. But 
and yeah, being able to monitor to leave yourself with that going back to weight um to be able to leave yourself at like a deficit a deficit mm-hmm. enough that you can still maintain weight lose weight but also not be completely zonked for the remainder of the day you know because that's another thing you can't just be doing training rides coming home and being like a zombie when you have the family you Man, can't. That's, a, that's a whole nother thing dude you can't be zombie mode zombie dad is not good no dude, zombie dad doesn't mow the lawn bro dude, he no. doesn't take out the trash he doesn't, doesn't change dirty diapers bro, zombie dad does nothing zombie dad is bad dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's why i eat good man I want to just be, I'm, I'm just, I want to be that dad bod out there that's just fucking killing it. Yeah, dude. How the fuck did he just pass me? <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's going to happen this year for sure. It's already happening. See, and then as soon as you show, kill it, dude, and you get to put Kaya on the podium with you, man. Dude, trust me. Tivoli comes to all my podiums now. I don't care. <laughs> I haven't more or less like I, I like her up there to show her like this is dope but at the same time it's like wait that dude has a two-year-old kid like what sick yes yeah <laughs> like man I must I need to train harder if he can yeah do it, I can do it yeah exactly yeah because it's a lot dude it's a lot yeah yeah and Kaya's getting to the age now where she's She's full energy mode and she's crawling and like climbing on you and pulling at your hair. And oh, yeah, dude. You just can't like sit down for five seconds and just go, yeah. Here, and there goes your yeah. shoe. And then it's the shoes in the mouth and you like take the shoe away. Then the phone's in her hand. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, trust me. Wait till they get full mobile and they're like that, man. Really? is just 100%. Yeah, I got a video from that today while I was at work. That was Tivoli was cruising around. You know, she has a couple of different Strider bikes, but she's not real good at like the only, you know, two-wheel Strider bike. She's got like a little narrow four-wheel one that she wheels around the house. Sends me a video. She's got her pants off, shirt off. She She's saying she's going on a bike ride to get to the podium and like, just doing circles around the house. I was like, oh my gosh, dude. And she's so funny. Oh no. It's crazy. But she's in a phase where she doesn't want to keep her clothes on. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's short lived. She's like throwing on like my underwear. I'm like, all right, dude, I think I work <laughs> not good, but all right. Throw that on. <laughs> don't don't be putting on my used bibs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh man. Yeah, it's fun though. It's just it's a fun process, you know, and just being a team player with your partner is, you know, seeing how, seeing what roles you kind of take on and just helping each other out, man. It's just, yeah. No, yeah. Trust me. My, my Beth makes a ton of sacrifices with me. So that's why, um, I mean, a lot of people know that like all the, when we go racing and stuff, she always comes to my races and everything else, but they know if, hubby's on the podium dude it's taking a lot of time away from the family and she's you know she's picking up all that slack mm-hmm. but she understands also that bike riding is exactly what makes me very very happy dude like so happy so yeah. it's it's uh 
it's worth the sacrifice for her, you know? Yep. Yep. I would do the same thing for her if she, you know, absolutely fell in love, but she just loves Tilly so freaking much. <laughs> she yeah. just loves being a mom, dude. Yeah, dude. I think it's as soon as her mom, it's like, wow, I can't believe I lived life without being a mom this long. Yeah. It's same way. Yeah. She's, I'm, I'm so in love, but God, a mother's love is just, it's cool to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we're invisible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. If I'm invisible, I'm going to go ride my bike, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya later. But, well, sweet, dude. Speaking of, I think, I think that's a perfect cue. We should end it there. Well, huh? Let me hear. Let me hear what what do you have on the radar coming up? I guess the Growler is that what I yeah. think's next on your yeah the Big Bad Forty. The original Growler is going to be into May here, um, and then June. I, I I'm because I'm moving to Colorado. I haven't really looked at the schedule. I think it's like you sent me Ned's gravel. Yeah, Ned Gravel. Are you doing that? I think I gotta double check my schedule too. I know. So I've got a, like a big gravel block coming up that I'll do. Mad Gravel. That's Memorial Day weekend. I followed by Telluride Gravel. That's the next weekend after that. Followed by Bighorn Gravel. That's the one I think I sent you in Gypsum. Yeah. It's that's a killer killer race yeah um and i think i'm having like another gravel race after that dude it might be ned okay or no then we got to tell you right for the mountain bike yeah. oh okay i think that's the same weekend as ned gravel so you gotta try to come beat me or you can <laughs> go oh. <to> gravel. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't i might go i might come back and defend Dude, tell you right, that's a great race, man. That's a great race. Yeah. Once you're once you're up that climb, it's good. So good. Once it's you're awesome once you're up that climb. That climb is brutal. Fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. God. And the whole time I didn't even know what place I'm in. I'm yeah. just like survive. Get over the bars. Well, you're like, like, all I know is Lachlan Martin's in front of me. Yeah. Uh, that's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> and he's doing the hundred. <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy but yeah dude so just trying to still i'm still putting the pieces together for the summer want to do like two races in june two in july two in august and then we're heading back to arizona so i'll make the most of it while you're in colorado Maybe yes so we'll epic in august to break epic so good I know, dude. It's just so pricey, man. Dude, just sell some more coffee, bro. Come on. Get the- God, I know, dude. I know. Dude, you could probably call up Mike McCormick, the you know, the race director, and be like, dude, I'll bring the coffee cart down there. And dude, just make hey, he'll give you an entry, bro. That would be sweet. Uh, I'm guarantee you he probably would, man. Uh, okay. At the like the little the little village like base camp center where they host the yeah. Like all the night um, meetings and that sort of thing, dude. Whew. Yeah, dude, that race is amazing. Is it? So good. It's my favorite race ever. 
probably. Ever? Yeah. Done. Done. Dude, I, I, know. Do it every, I do it every single year, man. It's like, no, it looks so cool. Yeah. And I want to do stages too. Like that's where I think I would just doing it over and over and over again, you know? Yep. Six days, man. Yeah. I mean, you have to travel a lot of different places to get a six stage race. I know. I mean, Pisca is probably the closest one outside of Colorado. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm still planning it, but that's why I'm going to yeah keep in contact. Just send me races that you'll be doing so well, I can try so to say, just put it on, just put it on the calendar and then dedicate your life to this event on the calendar. Okay. <laughs> just get the things on the calendar. Your life will be so good. <laughs> I know they're dude, they're on the calendar. I got a big one on the calendar. I just haven't signed up yet. Yeah. Not good at the signing up part. I can yeah. train. Pressing the big financial button is always a, yeah. a tricky part. Trust me. So I was I literally signed up last night for rides and vibes. Literally like the day it was <laughs> closing. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have mattered if I had paid for it a month ago or last night, but I was just like, uh, okay, fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, you're going to kill it, dude. That's the hopes. I hope to do well. Yeah. I would like to put on a good showing. If I can keep the bike together, I think I could do pretty well. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just no mechanicals. Mm-hmm. It's a rough course so and i crashed really hard at it last year and it took me out of the race so i have a i'm a little anxious about you know the butter knife section of the course which is really rough so is it a little anxious super dude it's gnarly yeah it took me out man a little yeah. tree took me out and smashed some rocks pulled my brake apart and i was like dude i'm not about to try to ride this last 30 miles without a front brake i was like nope yeah. The plug. I was pretty beat up. I was probably concussed or something. I don't know. Damn. I walked out of there. I was like, no, it's not happening. So mm -hmm. I'm a little, a little anxious about that part, but we should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um that's dude, it's gonna be a stout competition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's part of that the single track series. So it's bringing out everybody that's kind of in that. So I mean a lot of the dudes I raced at moab rocks so did you do moab rocks yeah mm -hmm. how was it for you dude it was sweet i mean i did really well so this was the first year they canceled the first stage which yeah. was a big bummer because of snow um and then second day went well i mean well enough that i think i ended up in 13th i think on stage two um, they had another reroute at the end of the course. Can't remember the name of the trails, but it was way more difficult than the original um, course. So it was a lot of, you know, five to seven minutes steep climbs into a thirty-second descent over and over and over, dude. It was brutal at the end, um, and I think it was like a thirty-seven-mile course. It was pretty long. Um, so yeah, I ended up in like twelfth or thirteenth. I can't remember. And then my bike on stage three, like I was in the front group. I was with Cole Patton going over the top of the gravel climb. Um, and then started hearing a slow leak in my tire. And I was like, are you kidding me? 
So I was like, maybe I'll pull over now, take care of it, and then I can catch back on on the descent. No, you can't get back on to <laughs> that group. So yeah, yeah, hit it with some CO two, carried on, ended up getting another flat, um, fixed it, and then about three quarters of the way through, after just trying to catch back on to groups, every time I'd have to fix the tire, I ended up just totally like my rear derailleur just came apart. The cage just totally came apart. Holy wheels go flying out. And I'm like, what the hell just happened, dude? And like literally the, the bolts that hold the cage together just came apart. All of them at the same time, dude. It was like my bike sabotaged me. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, this is just comical at this point. And so I had to like rig up a single speed in order to finish. So, I mean, that was kind of cool to be like, oh, dude, I can, I know how to rig up a single speed to finish a race now. Yeah. So I, I rolled into in like 25th after having to do all that. But that just sucked, dude, because my legs were killer that day. I was on fire, bro. If that didn't happen to me, I was feeling too good. But so it goes. It's racing, right? You got yeah. You're only as good as your tool. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. Trust me, uh, Kogel got a nice email from me after that. But they made up to me. They they sent me on a new, a new derailleur cage. So thank nice. you, Kogel. You made up for my five hundred dollar entry that just got splatted. Splatted, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's brutal. It was expensive. Yeah, it's an expensive was, race. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna sign up. Uh, mm -hmm. dude it's definitely a worthy race though i mean it's something that you should definitely do yeah i'll be back next year for sure i was i was impressed really the courses yeah it was it was a lot of fun cool yeah and even for just on a dime switching up the course and you know canceling stage one and still trying to figure out how they can make it work yeah they were they definitely i mean that's a pretty high production race so they had it pretty dialed yeah yeah but then um see so june june you have two gravel races mm -hmm. so i think you in two a month dude i got like i think i'm i'm like two a month through august I believe, but August has Breck Epic, which is six days. And then I instantly, I have to do like two days after Breck Epic, I head to Nebraska for Gravel Worlds. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, August is going to be tough. September is actually, my season's running really long this year and September is going to be pretty tough on me too. I think I have like every weekend in September, I have some sort of event trying to finish up the NUE series, the national ultra endurance series. Uh, my last races are in September for that. Trying to tie in a couple more of the lifetime grand prix to kind of keep my name in the runnings for that. Um, and then the single track series finishes up in Downeyville, California for that. So I'm just, I've just kind of got my foot in the door for all these different, series you know which yeah kind of the way i feel like you have to do it i don't i don't know how else to i mean if i would really just dedicate to one series but there's just there's so many cool events 
Like, why? I know. You know? That's another thing I need to pick your brain on is just what series you think would be the best, you know, to kind of put your name out there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, right now I can tell you it's Lifetime, but well, it's still hard to get into that series that it's, you know, that's why I'm trying to keeping my foot in all these other doors. Yeah. And do you, those other series, do you have to be picked? Uh, no, single track series. I mean, eventually I bet you the single track series will turn in basically the actual mountain bike lifetime kind of Grand Prix with actual real mountain biking single track courses. Yeah. Um, that's the hopes anyway. So that's definitely why I'm doing that. Um, the National Ultra Endurance Series has actually been around for a really, really, really long time. Um, I mean, Kyle Trudeau's won it a few times. Um, but a lot of those races are based in the East Coast. So it's kind of like an East Coast kind of circuit. And there's very few races that actually come out West here. There's a couple in Oregon, California, uh, Pierre's Hole up in Wyoming, and then Telluride's part of it. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of doing all of, like the Western ones, but they just changed it now that you only need to do three of the series. And I think there's like eight races in the series, but you only need three for the overall. Oh, really? And the prize purse is, is like amazing. Like prize purse is like a thousand bucks and you get free entry into both a Costa Rican like trans Costa Rica race and a trans Colombian race. So you get to go as long as you can get there, you can race across Costa Rica and across Colombia. Damn. So the, the prizes are insane, but yeah, the, I don't know why it doesn't always bring like a stacked field. It's interesting. And they have the, both the marathon distance, like we like, or unless you're changing to hundreds, but yeah, they do marathon distance and then their ultra distance. Damn, the, the I like that single track series. I'm going to look into it right now when we're off. Yep. That is, is just single track mountain bike series. Yeah, the single track series. Okay. So it's Moab rocks rides and vibes. This race up in Whistler and then Downeyville in California. Those are the four in the single track series. Damn, I won't be able to do it this year because I've missed two. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's a little bit, it's scored a little bit differently than like the Lifetime Grand Prix because you you get points um, not only on positioning in the race, but attendance too. So you already have like, it's a cumulative point. So if you show up to four of them of course you're gonna have the best bet but you still get points for the other three because not everybody can make all four so oh yeah when i talked to ryan standish about it it said the point system's pretty set up that if you're able to make even two of the races and do well in two of them you have a pretty good chance of being in like good position in the overall dang it's kind of the way the point system was set up it it that's my understanding of what he told me. So, and has Ryan Sandage in it? Yeah. Dang, he's stout. Yeah, he's well. Yeah, you see his uh, whiskey result. I was like, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, I, I beat him on 
the first stage of Moab rocks. And then he just smashed it whiskey. I was like, Oh man, we'll see. I got to race him tomorrow. So yeah, dude. Yeah. He, he won it. He won it last year. So he'll, he'll be decent at rides and vibes. And Cole's going to be there. Braden Lang. Are they? Yeah. Great. Andrew Les Barron's probably all of them. Yep. That's all right. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're fast. Yeah. You're fast though. You're faster. Yeah, dude, Dad Watts. Dad Watts. Um Yeah, bikes are dope. Dude, bikes are dope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make me smile. Huh? Makes uh, me smile. Yeah. They're fun. Keep you motivated. But anything else, man? What else do you want to touch on? Uh, I mean, dude, I think we perhaps it'd be sweet if we, I mean, start getting some comments and some feedback and some, you know, questions coming from just above your average Joe kind of character, you know, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And some maybe, you know, questions from people that are trying to just get to that that next level of, you know, I'm becoming a racer, you know, that sort of thing. It would be, I think that's where um, my knowledge comes into play. I don't have like the super pointy end of the spear, like book smart knowledge of, you know, so that's why we have cycling coaches, dude. They do all that stuff for me. I just follow their direction and can interpret what my week's are going to look like based on my experience over the last year and a half. Yeah. So just being able to pass that down is easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way. I think if you do have any questions, I'll, you know, reach out. Um, and I think if there are a bunch of questions, you and I can, you know, sit down and do this again. Cause I think it's fun to just, yeah, dude, I think it's sweet. Yeah. And so, I think we will get a bunch of questions and, you know, we can touch base on, man, if you're, you're 60 years old and you want to win your category, like, you know, not that we're coaches or anything, but I mean, we, we do do this every single day. So we could probably yeah. help you out. And when I'm not doing it, I'm all in, dude. I, I read about it. I live it. I see what's going on every minute of the day, pretty much. It's supposed to work, you know. <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking about bikes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. I got the bug too. So I feel yeah. That's bad. Well, sweet dude.